0: deep with Sandeep To another episode of Getting Deep with Sandeep. Uh, this is a special one. I have one of uh, one of my very cool friends, very fit friends from, uh, from the yoga field uh, who I have known for some time now and uh, she inspires me and my friends to be more flexible and take care of, of, of our health. Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with uh, with this special friend to know a little bit about her background uh, with respect to flexibility training, yoga, gymnastics, um, her diet and how she keeps herself fit um, what how she got introduced uh, to this field and uh, what her daily uh, routine has been since the time she has been introduced to yoga, how yoga has changed her life over the course of these many years of her her training herself and and uh and yeah uh, her learnings and and how she wants to see this uh, skill of her uh, develop over over a period of time so ladies ladies and gentlemen let me not delay further we have uh, in the house on my podcast getting deep with sandeep ladies and gentlemen we have ashley
1: thanks for having me sandeep and that was a quite an entrance of uh, topics there so please help me stay on course here
0: lovely <laughs> okay. lovely lovely perfect okay So uh, let's uh, dig in and um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I introduced Ashley to you, but let's uh, get an introduction about Ashley from herself in her own words. Ashley, do you want to give everyone an intro on who you are?
1: Sure. Um, My name is Ashley and since we're on the topic of yoga, I have been doing yoga since I was 18. Right now I'm 34. And I found yoga as a practice to engage my body after I retired as a gymnast. And at first the practice was just physical for me, much the same kind of entrance as a lot of people with yoga they go there for the physical aspects first and then through my path of yoga and showing up on my mat I then kind of transformed into this mind body spirit aspect and yoga has truly transformed me in cultivating awareness of the spaces that I need to grow engage in and yeah I think that's like the true aspects of yoga is a. the word yoga actually means to yoke, mm-hmm. to unite. And that is what yoga does for not only me, but for a lot of people that participate in the practice as right. practitioners. Um, and you did talk a lot about nutrition and fitness and, and diet. And for me, it's, again, just cultivating the awareness about all your subtle um habits of life because they all build every day you have a choice to make um an improvement or a regression and even if they are subtle over time it adds up right so if you would look at like a graph chart and every day you woke up you made one positive choice the chart starts to trajectory goes up But if you make um, a regression, it starts to go downwards. So I'm very much into habits, habit stacking, um, really cultivating your awareness about food. And again, it all comes back again to the number one ingredient Mm -hmm. is awareness.
0: Right, right, right. Beautiful. So you spoke about habits. It's it's funny, I've been reading this book called called Atomic Habits, and that's the next book that we will be reviewing on our podcast. And one of the things that is mentioned in that book is uh, daily change or daily daily change of something. I won't really say improvement uh, Let's say I move upwards one percent every day in one year you change you move upwards Continuously if you do that every single day one person one person one There's a change of 37 percent so yeah, uh, I totally am with you on on uh, on having that uh, graph kind of visualization in your mind with respect to any aspect of your life that you want to change with with respect to these habits.
1: Yeah, and it's so easy to slip, right? And we we get so caught up in shaming ourselves or getting mad that we didn't do that one habit. And sometimes I need to take this advice myself a lot, but I, I do tell people, it's like, if you skip a day, a week, or a month, we can always get back. And that's the most important thing is um, really observing ourselves and taking in data and information. Mm -hmm. Like how am I feeling today? Um, That's really important because so much we analyze and we critique. But sometimes, like I say this to my yoga students all the time. And I say, use this class and use your day as a moment of just observation and data intaking because Mm -hmm. how you hold your bag what you ate for lunch like all these points it's not about like beating ourselves down but it's like wow i haven't really been eating that well and i can see it every day and i'm feeling less like i'm feeling more sluggish or slow or oh my gosh my back is starting to hurt okay well are you you know carrying a bag always on one shoulder or like Recently, my sister had a kid, so it's like, are you holding the baby just on the left side? You know, all these tiny little um, observations to use them as data points and to use them as tools. Right. It's really powerful because we have to rid the residue of our day. and that really comes in the form of taking care of ourselves like self-care moving our body with yoga lifting weights to create strong structures because yoga there is toning and lengthening and strengthening but we also need to build strong muscles and i think that a really positive avenue is lifting weights Mm -hmm. so like what are the things you can cultivate in your life again to rid the residue of the day like i say that so much so it's so important
0: right 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 you mentioned yoga teaching how long have you been teaching yoga
1: so i've been teaching yoga so about five years years. yeah almost six um and I recently, during COVID, I actually finished my 300 hour training. Oh, nice! And that was a very profound experience for me because I learned so much more about functional anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, my teacher, her name is Greta Hill. Um, she really focuses on how to move the proper engagement of the body and I think with the flexibility in my specific structure, I'm very hyper mobile and I would just fling into poses. And now I, I've learned to really use the strength and the proper alignment. So now like my whole new world of functional anatomy has just like immersed in front of me. And that's really learning about what, again, you're doing every day and how can you help your body um, to get back into a balance. Right. So a great example is like we sit all day, then we go home. We maybe work out for 30 minutes and then we sit down to eat. Mm -hmm. We sit down to maybe work again or watch TV or talk to our friends so our psoas and our hip flexors are getting very tightened um so what are we doing about that then all of a sudden someone comes into class and they're like oh my upper back it really hurts you know it's it could be from hunching over the computer all day so then you have tight psoas you're hunching over the body starts to get smaller and smaller so in yoga classes it's all about expanding the body bringing awareness Mm -hmm. opening it up and and creating a strong structure for us to survive long Longevity and sustainability
0: mm-hmm.
1: because our spine and our pelvis are so important to the health of this vessel
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you mentioned you got into yoga at the age of 18 and before that you had a background of gymnastics yes what made you get into yoga and why did you not continue gymnastics
1: So I had uh, hurt myself extremely bad senior year in high school, so I was just competing on an injury, which was probably not the smartest, but I just wanted to commit. Um, And when I decided to retire, I didn't really know what to do with my body and it was my mother's friend that said have you ever heard of yoga and i was like i don't know what yoga is what is mm-hmm. that she's like come to a class and i was like okay and i showed up and it was a hot yoga studio and i walked in and i immediately walked out i was like what is uh, this right, like try. i am not doing this she's like just try mm-hmm. and i'll never forget my teacher vikram mm-hmm. and he was like just come in come
0: on did vikram like vikram <laughs> yoga the guy who no found vikram, yoga
1: at the <laughs> but they was Bikram it was um and it was probably the hardest thing mm-hmm. I had ever experienced I had never worked out I'm from Seattle it rains like I never worked out in the heat in right. my life and she said you need to come three times before you decide to say no again and I went three times and then that was the mm-hmm. end I will say I did progress from finding more of a Hatha yoga practice at the beginning to um, really sustaining uh, vinyasa flow as my primary. And now I would say I'm back to Hatha and um, really into slow flow, yin yoga. um, I'm not really into the fast pace um, vinyasa flow and power moves anymore. So
0: for those who don't understand these terminologies, Do you want to quickly break down different kinds of yoga and what these mean?
1: Yeah, so I would say that if we're just talking about asana, um, so that's just postures and sequencing. um, Hatha yoga is usually um, small uh, sequencing um, and you're holding the postures. So it isn't a flowing sequence. It is very, um, you do a pose, you move into the next pose and you hold them for length. They are challenging and there is strength and flexibility all cultivated in that. Um, Then we have vinyasa flow and vinyasa is truly like sequencing where you're moving breath to movement and it is more I would say you cultivate a little bit more cardiovascular but it is a sequence and there is um, a consistent flow Mm -hmm. to breath and movement yin yoga is where you actually hold the postures um, and you hold them for one right. three or five to up to seven minutes and these are all specific poses that are really not actually stretching technically muscles it's really targeting getting into your ligaments your tendons mm-hmm. and your fascia and really trying to expand the body where when you're doing vinyasa flow you are not really getting in the tendon and ligaments because the tendon and ligaments need time holds mm-hmm. that's the really big right. difference
0: oh okay 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 so tendons and ligaments uh, good good one is yin yoga
1: yes uh-huh. really it i truly believe right now in society yin yoga is where it's at it is so hard for us to do yin yoga because we are all on our computers, watching TV while on our phone. Right. <laughs> we have like three screens right. in front and it of feels us.
0: Great doing Innova, Innova. Well,
1: it's challenging for people to stay still, right? Because right? we need to, all this movement, just the way society is right, right now. And if you know anything about Ayurveda, mm-hmm. um, like, likes, like. And Mm -hmm. so you start to cultivate like, I need to be on the move. So I need to go do a fiery workout. I need to do this. And it's always this momentum of something. Well, yin yoga grounds us. Mm -hmm. And when you start to really listen to your body and notice what it feels to be grounded, it's an awareness that opens you up to grounding yourself from the react or the reaction to the response. Mm -hmm. And I think that in society, again, we are really stuck on this vinyasa flow where we want to go in and we want to get these intense sequencing and fire practices, which are amazing, right? I'm not discrediting any of it at all. And we also need to take time and space for our mind and our body to balance out and, be with ourselves and sometimes i think when you're moving so quickly it's easy to disassociate from that space
0: right 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 you mentioned uh, when you were 18 you when you got into yoga it was more of a physical thing for you then so over a period of time from 18 to you know till, till today how has yoga changed for you Personally.
1: Yeah, so I mean to make it short and sweet, I started out the practice as a physical practice and then kind of cultivated more knowledge and intelligence intelligence about the spirituality in my mid twenties. Right. So I don't think in my when I was like eighteen to like early twenties, I wasn't open to that. I was very agnostic. Mm-hmm. And why? Um, just life. Um you know, I, we've all had a lot of experiences in life, but my experiences um, just kind of shut me off to the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time um, really believing in any higher power or source right. or God. Um, that was not really in my mindset, and mm-hmm. I wasn't open for that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my mid-20s, I met a different yoga teacher, and they just kind of opened me up to... like opportunity Mm -hmm. there is it possible to see something beyond Mm -hmm. i was like beyond what like beyond this body and i got i got stuff to do i gotta go (laughs) and then you know over time showing up to her class Mm -hmm. you just hear the messaging over and over and i will never forget when she said what what is on your mat is what's off your mat well as well Mm -hmm. and i was like whatever this lady and (laughs) randomly one day she grabbed me after class like not rudely but like you know hey ashley stay back and i was like okay yeah and she goes i need you to pull back from your practice and i was like what do you mean she's like you're it's not sustainable I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you would go to every extreme for the pose. And she goes, I guarantee you this is happening in your personal life. You give yourself too much and you extend too much. So are you a bull fictionist? Oh, yes, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, that was, like, my first realm into actually seeing what she meant mm-hmm. of yoga not just being a practice. Like, it's a space for you to really, truly get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, like, the tip of the iceberg. And then I just started doing a lot of yoga trainings and learning more. And then finally, one day, I just wrote in my journal and I said, I think it's possible for me to see more beyond than this, like... um, really rigid way of viewing and thinking of life like there is love there is light and there is a lot of joy Mm -hmm. and I can be happy and I don't have to let these painful experiences of my childhood or Mm -hmm. my adolescence that I didn't get a choice right right? I didn't have a choice um experiences happen to us we are not responsible for some of these experiences that happen to us but it is um let me restate that. Mm-hmm. It is not our fault these things happen to us, mm-hmm. but it is our responsibility to heal, learn, and move forward, to find Beautiful. happiness Beautiful. and love and mm-hmm. light. And so that's kind of what yoga has done for me.
0: Nice, nice. Um, do you have a favorite teacher?
1: I would say my favorite teacher right now is Greta Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love her sequencing i love her words of wisdom and she's really into tantric philosophy which Mm -hmm. i'm really starting to engage a lot in Mm -hmm. and um
0: how do you learn from her like is it an online is it does she know you or is it like are you
1: yeah so i took my 300 hour training Ah, from her and then now because i'm here in um, california i have been doing online classes but mostly just living out all the things I learned, right? Mm-hmm. And I recently started a year-long practice um, for tantra training. Um, and so I am in, like, module two of a whole, like, year and a um, And so I'm doing that through a company, Mahadi mm-hmm. Shwana. And it's in um, actually in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. So I have to wake up at, like, 6 a.m. on a Saturday.
0: Chiang Mai, where is
1: that? Uh, Thailand. Okay
0: oh so you're taking a class online class from a teacher in thailand yeah how do you okay so you've been in this yoga world for some time now uh, let's say someone is listening to you and is inspired and wants to get into yoga you've you've done 300 hours of training and you've had so many experiences with different teachers how does one get started and and um, it seems overwhelming
1: it does seem overwhelming there's like Thousands different platforms, apps, right. teachers. I mean, everybody's teaching different ways. Thousands of books. So yeah, I mean, there's so much. So it's like, yeah, how do you dissect and assimilate into your own life and practice and what works for you? I would say,
0: if you want to, if you would say, uh, have recommendations to to break it down for people who want to get to a level where they want to make it a consistent uh, part of their lifestyle and at the same time at the same time reach a point where they may not be you know the fittest person in the world where they are the most flexible but they are able to get to get the benefits out of yoga yeah
1: i think the most important thing to remember is again it's habits building the habit like i stretch every day even if i don't work out
0: so let's hear your routine how, how many uh, how, how long do you do yoga on a So
1: every morning, I probably would say on an average, I spend 10 minutes minimum on my mat or stretching or doing some sort of something, right? right? So for somebody that has no idea what yoga is of course you can yeah go to a studio if that is an option for you i think it is the best and a lot of times studios will have beginner classes for you to attend and those are great they'll give you a great foundation because the foundation is always how you set yourself up for success right right Right.
0: any particular style or take a class of all the I mean
1: I would suggest obviously I would probably start with hatha yoga because it's learning to hold postures right. and be in your body but I'm not opposed to people trying yin yoga first right. or going to vinyasa I think any type of yoga I mean is really beneficial. Just start. Yeah. Right. Because yoga again is to connect our mind, body, and spirit, to cultivate that awareness, to really start to get in touch with where we're feeling in our body. Like the first thing I do is like a body scan. I get on my mat or you don't even need a mat. You can right. like right now, I'm at an Airbnb one day and I didn't even have a mat. I just laid a towel down, right? Mm and you just scan your body. Where am I feeling tension today? Like ask yourself and guess what? You might not be able to answer that that day. If you're Mm -hmm. new to yoga, you might not be able to feel where you feel tension or tightness or openness or freedom in your body. But the more you ask yourself and you just, again, come back to Okay, like maybe my shoulders are kind of tight. Okay, I'm going to notice that throughout the day. And drawing in these data points, collecting information on yourself. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And then just doing some stretches. It could be doing some side stretches, forward bends. I mean, all these things you can find. I know I've never actually taken her classes, but a lot of new beginners love yoga with Adrian. Right. On YouTube, She's I've never yeah, I've never done one, but I've heard so many great things about her. So you could just type in Google on All YouTube, right. like yoga or you, beginner yoga or yoga for beginners, and just start with 10, 15 minutes. There are 15 minute videos online, and you just see how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, the breath is the most powerful tool we have in this body mm-hmm. because You know, this could be a whole other podcast. (laughs) We could talk about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic um, states. Those are what truly drive how we react and respond into this world. And for me, I've been running on the sympathetic system, which is where you're in fight or flight. And parasympathetic is rest, digest, kind of. Um, and the sympathetic state, we don't make the best decisions, right? Mm-hmm. We are being reactionary, and you cultivate a practice in the morning for 10 minutes, breathing and stretching your body. It's a really good foundation to start your day, right. it really is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, I always have to throw in there like <laughs> if you can take time to meditate, right? right. Um, that in its own
0: so I, you meditate every day as well.
1: I i do not mm-hmm. i try right but i'm i'm not gonna be dishonest and right. say like mm-hmm. just because i'm on a bad i meditate every day right. i ebb and flow mm-hmm. but i do think it is a very important practice i try mm-hmm. to do it every day um
0: what is meditation to you
1: meditation to me is actually sitting down in um, a strong spine Um, and listening to my breath and breathing and clearing out my mind. Mm -hmm. It could be listening to a, a guided meditation on an app Um, I'm really passionate about uh, Tara Brock's meditation forum, which is like loving kindness and mindful awareness. And basically that practice is observing your thoughts, letting them go and labeling them. Mm -hmm. So you see the thread, like the thoughts can build you up and tear you down in one sentence and remembering we are not our thoughts. I think that's one of the most powerful things for me in meditation is breathing and seeing the thoughts because I used to believe a lot of my thoughts and that's what created a lot of sadness and depression and our thoughts are not all real. And so I think cultivating that meditation practices allow us to bring space to that and not believing all the the garbage that's up in there right, sometimes. Right, <laughs> like right. it it can get um, dark, right? And it can also get really beautiful right. at the same time, right? And right. the mind is a tool that needs to be harnessed because if you don't, it goes wild. Right. It really does
0: right right so it helps bring awareness and consciousness to that fact yeah do you also uh do any breath work
1: yeah so i do practice a lot of breath work i mean i love doing yoga nidra a lot um so that's like in and out one nostril and then in and out the other nostril and you usually start on the left side um yeah yeah, and for me everything that i do is to ground myself so i'm not doing fire breath or any type of intense breathing for pranayama practices because i am a fiery spirit Mm -hmm. i have a lot of energy and i'm often ungrounded Mm -hmm. and it is a positive and a negative at the same time the positives are that i'm very action oriented i get a lot done and the negatives are that maybe i don't have enough self-care and compassion or taking the time to truly like take care of myself so that I can take care of others even longer mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah the breath practices for me are always some sort of grounding mm-hmm. um, but that's also why I have shifted away from the powerful practices of certain types of yoga mm-hmm. and moved more into slow flow and yin and um, it, it, again it, always cultivating the sense of being grounded
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Have you seen certain effects of uh, yoga trickle into your personal and professional life?
1: Yes, I see it trickle into my professional life Mm -hmm. a ton (laughs) because I start to show up with more kindness and Mm -hmm. understanding. Mm -hmm. I can see more perspectives instead of the doer. The doer just wants it to be done. It doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. But a compassionate doer can be like okay I see like maybe they had some emergency last night and or they're going through a hard time or I have a lot more compassion for my work and um I it it does it helps my relationships at my job in my personal life it has transcended me into a new level of just being Mm -hmm. um I had a hard time being able to just ground myself and be around family or friends. It it could be challenging sometimes. And again, going back to that sympathetic nervous system state where you're in fight or flight and just anxious and anxiety driven. Mm -hmm. And again, we could do a whole nother podcast on trauma Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that is a passion of mine to the it's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. So there have been a lot of traumatic events, and we all have a scale of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have experienced several ones that are more larger per se, and my external shell that i live in doesn't really show that Mm -hmm. i do a lot a big front a lot of times i'm really strong and um everything's fine but there is a lot of pain and so yoga has allowed me to tap into addressing the deeper issues instead of hiding them Mm -hmm. like yoga allows me to show up and see where i need to work on myself Mm -hmm. and when i work on myself and I create more compassion and care and love for myself than I see that transcend with my relationship with my sister or my mother Mm -hmm. or my friends. Um, Do I have space and and time to grow and and evolve even more? Yes. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But from where I was in my mid-20s to where I am now as a 34-year-old woman, I'm very proud of the progress that Mm. I have made. And I look forward to seeing where I transcend to in many more years from now. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Any uh, favorite pose of yoga or a certain routine that you go to um, that's your favorite?
1: Okay, so I'm a sucker for forward fold. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really good for your root chakra getting grounding. Not only is it Where nice... Where is the
0: root chakra for the listeners who probably don't know?
1: The root chakra is actually at the base of your perineum. Mm-hmm. And...
0: Where is the perineum? <laughs> um, okay,
1: so it's like this... <laughs> your pelvis would be on the ground. That would be your okay, perineum. Okay, on yeah. the ground. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so again back to i want everything that i do to be a sense and source of grounding for myself it's essential for me to be successful so what i works for me might not work for others right right? right. so i just want to be clear but i am on the same kind of you know um drum here where it's like grounding for me so i will say that i just truly love a nice forward fold and that is just coming into a standing position with your legs um your sorry your feet would be about hip distance you'd be standing up and then you place your hands on your hips and you take a long deep breath Mm -hmm. and on your exhale you take a straight spine and forward fold down Mm -hmm. you want to keep a flat back as long as you can and then you can round your spine and if possible and you can touch the ground or your toes you would like to take your two fingers um your pointer in your middle and you would attach it to your Uh big toe and you would just kind of um there is this imagery that they say that you are taking the earth from your feet and you're taking the energy from source and having it come up the back of your legs up your spine and then whatever you do does not serve you any longer falls out and releases into the earth right right. so that's a very grounding pose um
0: forward fold so listeners try forward f- fold and and maybe in comments mention how you feel that yeah
1: i would suggest if possible like three minutes mm-hmm. so i'm talking oh, about a wow. long hold. three minute
0: forward fold yeah,
1: yeah. i mean you could start at one right. sometimes i'll hold it for five or seven right. um but yeah again for me it's always coming back to the the grounding um mm. options whether that's breath movement stillness right, right. meditation
0: any other poses um poses that you would recommend people to do on a regular basis
1: yeah so I always want to go to the spine mm-hmm. and the hip flexors so I would say a nice low lunge so that would just be on one knee and your you could Let's just use your right foot forward and your left knee down. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, you're going to tilt your pelvis up towards your lower ribs. You're going to lift your arms up to the sky and just slightly engage the abdominals and lean forward into the front foot. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to open up your arms into a cactus or a goalpost-like posture. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to draw your heart up to the sky Mm -hmm. and you're going to really pull the scapulas together and get an arch in the back and I think that is one that's we sh- could be doing all day okay. every day nice. because um, the spine the upper back and the hip flexors are really key with how we are living in this uh, technology world
0: nice. and does that uh, pose have a certain name
1: you know it does and um, I'm it's
0: maybe I'll, I'll look it up and we'll talk about it in, after this podcast and uh, yeah
1: and why am i blanking when i post this anjanea
0: sana anjanea Anj- Asana. maybe i yeah,
1: am all, all nervous on the podcast yeah <laughs> no, you're good you're
0: good <laughs> anjanea Asana. Uh, we could use that as a as a marketing uh, you know, when I posted for this podcast, yeah, no, so you all know all of what, these
1: poses. I mean, yeah. it would be fun to dissect all of them. I, I will be honest, my Sanskrit is not the best. It is a work in progress, but I do know a lot of the postures.
0: Right? No, I, I remember you also ch- uh, chanted Om Bhur Bhuvaswaha the other day, and that reminded me of the chant that I have always uh, been told to do, but I haven't really done as a child. <laughs> Uh, they used to ask me to do that. So, that's called uh, Gayatri yep, Mantra. Yep, Gayatri Mantra. And uh, growing up, uh, they would ask me to do 101 ch- uh, chants. 108? 101.
1: 101. Why 101 I if don't you know, don't mind me asking? I
0: don't know. For some reason, uh, every time you would go to some uh, elder's house, they would give you some money. They would give uh, as a sign of respect or uh, love rather. Not respect, love. And okay. they would give in... Uh, in um, uh numbers of 11 51 101 i don't know that why the one was oh, a part I'm of i'm gonna
1: it. have to ask and look up more information on that i'm curious right
0: so 101 chance or 11 chance or something like that so when you told me about Gayatri three mantra i was like uh ah.
1: remember what i said i said i need you to help me with my sanskrit <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i'm trying
0: <laughs> no you're good you're good uh you remind me to learn some of these chants that i think i should because they are pretty beneficial and if you are learning it not being uh i mean i'm from that part of the world who they've probably written <laughs> these chants so i should at yeah. least uh, acknowledge and, and learn they are and so
1: powerful <laughs> right i mean i could be in the like off mood worst mood whatever kind of terminology you want right. to say and I just take a moment and like sing myself the Gayatri Mantra out loud and like the transcendence of the vibration and like it's just so magical
0: do you want to do the mantra with me now real uh, quick just join me
1: okay this is really nerve wracking okay. I've never sang in so public let's, before so let's, let's
0: inhale oh <laughs> oh I'm like, that's not the, the, um,
1: I don't know how to do it in that context. (laughs) I could try it myself.
0: Okay, let's have you do it.
1: Okay. Om bhuvah swaha Tatsavitur vainyam bargo devasya di mahi dio Lovely, (laughs) lovely. Oh my gosh! I think
0: my
1: face is red. Oh my gosh. (laughs) uh, I'm embarrassed. (laughs) That was a
0: good one. I'm going to do one more just to feel calmer. This felt really good. Oh. (laughs) Bhur-bhova-swaha <laughs> Tatsavitur-varenyam Bhargo-devasya-dhimahi <dhyo> yona ha oh yeah that feels
1: good it does right okay i love mantra singing i mean in seattle we have a kirtan like community it's it's i love going and just singing my heart out right um
0: singing also because you know singing you need to breathe a certain way so that the voice comes out a certain way so it also involves breath work and i feel that's why you feel good when you sing
1: yeah and it activates that vagus nerve uh-huh. um and again that goes back to activating the parasympathetic nervous system so right. if you don't know these terminologies like uh-huh. i do offer you to go and google and look it up it's right. very powerful information um yeah I, the mantras really activate that
0: so um uh, um uh we've been talking for about 30 35 minutes now uh i'm thinking you know maybe we can Uh, come to the you know closing of this conversation so uh, let's leave our listeners with some resources that you feel that they could look up um, after this conversation you know after listening to this podcast maybe some uh, youtube channels or instagram accounts or some yogis to follow or some books to read or any any tips that they could take away from this conversation
1: so i do gosh i'm being put on the spot i'm not on instagram right now <laughs> right. so i don't like um but of course obviously i'll always get a shout out to greta hill right. um her instagram is greta hill um the school i did take um for my 300 hour is rasa yoga And I truly do love Rasa Yoga because they incorporate mantra and functional anatomy. And it's something that I believe they come back to the true roots of yoga. And again, I want to make it clear, I'm not knocking on any other types of yoga. But um, in society now, we tend to be more shifting to this like kind of fitness yoga. Mm -hmm. And I am really about trying to understand the roots of right. yoga and that comes with philosophy right that comes with mantra singing and attunement into the mm-hmm. mind body soul so i do love rasa yoga so a shout out to them mm. but um there is a book by bks ayangar mm-hmm. light on life okay. which i really liked it's talking more about yoga itself and then he has another one that's called Light on Yoga mm-hmm. which actually goes over the yoga postures. Mm-hmm. Um of course I am learning um Tantra so mm-hmm. I would definitely request the Tantra book reminding people that Tantra is a root of philosophy and not neo tantra which isn't in, more into sexual energies. Mm-hmm that's a really important aspect cuz people get confused. Right. Um Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a book by George first mm-hmm. Furstein, mm-hmm. George Tantra, The Path of Ecstasy by George Fursten. That was my first Tantra book I read. Okay. Um so that's a good one. And then I would say just going on to YouTube and typing in yoga for beginners. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, of Mm -hmm. course, is really maybe introducing yourself to what the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system is so that you could understand how to regulate yourself and your body, your mind and your spirit.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else before we wrap up you want to leave the audience with?
1: Just knowing that yoga doesn't need to be some crazy sequencing or you don't have to go to a class or you don't need a yoga mat. It could be rolling out of your bed and just stretching your body. It can be sitting on the floor and breathing. It could be so simple. It doesn't need to be some, I have to go to a 60-minute practice and drive there and come back and all these things. Like We can make small yoga practice into something powerful right five right. to ten minutes is good enough for one day right um so be easy on yourself if you're just starting and maybe take a tiny little bit of a habit tracker to see how you feel each day
0: right. um
1: because i think you will notice a difference
0: right 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 on that note uh so basically you know keep it simple keep it simple stupid uh uh, you know, t- small steps every day—five minutes, ten minutes. It's all about consistency. Um, being aware of your body, making those tiny steps towards learning uh, yoga and incorporating that into your life, and and seeing how it uh, it changes your life slowly but surely. And uh, on that note, I would like to thank Ashley for her time. Thank Ashley. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cute. That's,
0: uh, applauding for you <laughs> and your
1: time thank you for having me
0: and uh, i hope you all learned a little bit about ashley um, and uh, her yoga practice and through this conversation i hope you learned a little bit more about yoga and uh, benefit uh, uh, from from this talk